Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. Hello and welcome to today's podcast centred around psychological safety, a topic that for many of the businesses and organisations we work with is worth exploring, but more than that is a real focus for them right now as they look to compete and grow in a global environment. My name is Jane Sparrow. I'm founder and author at The Culture Builders and I'm joined by our psychological safety guru, my colleague Janine Roberts. Welcome, Janine. Jane, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Now, we're going to explore this whole area. What is psychological safety, how we build it, and give you a few gifts, if you're listening, around some of the lessons that Janine has helped others to learn during her work. But I want to start with that point around why do we care about it? Because in many of our our workshops, in many of the conversations we have, we talk about the high performance team traits and having an on off button, which is psychological safety. And if you don't have it, then, you know, a high performing team is possibly, probably, possibly impossible. But let me get your thoughts, Janine, on why is it so important for us to have psychological safety? Then we'll break down into what do we really mean by it? Great question, Jane. Why do we need it? Well, I think the first thing is, is that we're so focused in organisations and when we're working together as teams on performance. But the real reason we need it is because the impact it has on our psychological, emotional and physical well-being. We know from the research uh, when we look at um, performance and well-being in organisations, we know that uh, psychological safety has an impact because when people don't have it, it generates a high level of anxiety. What we also know why we need it is that when you've got leaders and teams that are dealing with situations or tasks that have real high complexity and high accountability and high responsibility, but there's actually no certainty that what we're going to do is X, Y, Z, and it's absolutely going to have the outcome we need, that's when you really need psychological safety safety. So fundamentally, it comes down to performance, but well-being. And that well-being, of course, is, is as with performance, is very close to our hearts in terms of the whole notion of the bank of me and staying in the black, not going into the red as a human being. And so I think very often we think about psychological safety in the context of performance. But actually that point around it's also just a fundamental for well-being. If you don't feel safe in the world, then then really your well-being is under threat regardless. So I think that's a real point worth remembering for, for everybody, actually, and why it's worth investing a few more minutes listening to us now. As we really break down, what do we mean? Because I have rooms, and I know you do, where we talk about psychological safety and some people nod, and you can see some people are nodding but are thinking, I'm not really sure what it means. So help us understand and maybe... Maybe help us understand in the context of my 12-year-old who is about to walk through the door and will undoubtedly say, what are you talking about today? And be very curious, but maybe won't understand the term. Yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And uh, so we know that your daughter's an avid hockey player, isn't she? And so she loves being part of that team. 
And so if we think about, you know, let's take that as an example. Um, when we look at the fundamentals of psychological safety, you know, the key things are is do I feel included? You know, do I belong? Um, and am I an environment where I can contribute and I can speak and I can, you know, add value to this team? And it's also um, thinking about, you know, within this team, you know, are, do we feel safe to make take risks? You know, because particularly in that hockey situation, you know, they're, they're having to take shots all the time. And if you look at how many are actually successful and how many shots don't go in the net. Um, and actually, if you look at that in the real world, you know, what we don't do is we don't persecute the team around every shot that's missed. Um, yet in, in real world, what we tend to do in teams is if, if we've got, you know, situations where people have failed or we've, we've not actually done something in the way we wanted to do it, we're actually really hard on ourselves. So if you think about, you know, from, from that hockey analogy, you know, what it is, it's about, you know, being, being, being as though you belong there, feeling safe, feeling safe to, you know, say, can we try something a different way? You know, can we work it in a different way? And I know earlier we talked about sometimes how sometimes people get put on the bench, you know, and that's about making sure that the team is absolutely performing at its optimum performance. But just because you've been put on the bench doesn't mean to say that you've been excluded. What it's saying is, is that we need you at the time that we really need your skills because you've got a different set of skills and we might need them a bit further down, the, you know, a bit further down the game. So what it really is, it's about, you know, feeling safe, feeling like you belong. It's it's also helping your teammates out. You know, so somebody else has got the ball, but they're getting cornered in. Actually, I can see they're in trouble. I need to help them. So how do I actually come to their aid? And then I get there and sometimes they might not need it. That's great. But equally, sometimes we've all got to make sure we've got each other's back so that we can actually, you know, perform at our best. And I think there's something in that as well, isn't there, around feeling like we've got each other's back? Because I could say, Janine, I've got your back, which I hope you would know I have, given we work together. But you've got to feel it as well, haven't you? It can't just be something one says to each other. And this is it. And I think this is why it's so intangible for people, because what, you know, what psychologically safe safety is, it is a feeling. It's how I feel when I am in this team. Do I feel safe? Do I feel supported? Can I speak up? Can I challenge? Can I be myself? Am I accepted for who I am? And so you're absolutely right, Jane, it is a feeling. And one of the things that when we work with teams is that what we need to do is it's not our definition of psychological safety. We know the fundamentals are around, you know, being able to speak up, feeling included and, you know, being able to uh, learn, feel safe to learn and take risks. And it is also about that willingness to help each other. But one of the key things is that it's about looking at the context of what that team is there to do and what does psychologically safe mean to them in that given context. And so what we tend to do is we get teams to describe what does it mean to them, um, which is absolutely really important because everyone will have a different take on it. Everyone will have a different interpretation of it. So what you need to do is get a group to decide and, and design what psychologically safe and what good looks like for them. And actually... It occurs to me as you're describing that, that many of us are actually part of more than one team these days. More than ever before, you might be part of multiple teams because you're working and collaborating in different areas. And so actually, we've got to be aware of within every team that we're involved, how do we make sure we play our part in creating an environment where people can feel like they're safe, they belong and they can speak up? 
Absolutely. And it's really interesting because we are, you know, we're always, you know, within teams and teams and teams. There's some really great um, examples where people say to me, I don't know what it is about this team. I feel safe in my other team, but in this team, I just don't feel safe. I just don't know what it is. And again, you have to come back and say, well, what's the context? What is that team there to do? And as a result of that, how does it need to behave in order to get the most out of the collective team members in order to, to achieve what they need to achieve? Which, of course, takes us back to our three pillars of culture and of change. What do we believe as a team? How do we behave? And what do we use? What do we use being the tools, systems and processes? And actually, we've got to start by believing we want to be part of this team and be safe within it, haven't we? Before we then look at behaviours. Now, that brings us quite neatly on to the how do we build it then? So we understand what it is. And of course, we can see why it's important. Now, there's lots that we do to help build that team safety once they've identified what it looks like for them. But let's pick three, three things that you would recommend that others listening to this might think about to build more. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think the first thing is, is lean into it. Don't be afraid of it because often it's 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 you know it's the cost of not leaning into it that is greater and um, you'll be really surprised about what you find and actually what you can work with so in leaning into it but to do that you've got to understand it um, and you know you've got to understand what does it mean for us in this team so that's the first thing I would say and then define it define what good looks like for our team so that's the first part around leaning into it and understanding it the second thing I would say is, is about focusing on the relationships. So often, you know, we work with teams and they say, you know, it's all about the performance. It's all about the task. And people forget, actually, in order to get that performance and achieve those tasks, you are reliant upon other people. You're reliant on the collective. And so to do that, you've got to focus on the relationships. So the second thing about, you know, how you build psychological safety is look at how are you building those trusted relationships within the team? And to do that, you also need to think about and how are we behaving within that? And are we behaving in a way that is conducive to creating an environment where we can speak up, we can challenge each other? And challenge each other isn't just about what you're saying. It's also about how it's received. So am I receiving this with good intent? Are we helping each other out when they need it? And do we have enough diversity of ideas, enough diversity of thought in what we're doing? And if we don't, where might we get that? Um, so they're the key things around the relationships and the behaviours and connecting with each other. The third thing I would say is it's also about um, what I call these test and learn cycles. And it's about growing new muscles because what we know about psychological safety, it's not about coziness. It's not about isn't this a lovely, great place to work? It is about growth. And I always love that statement. And hopefully I can get it right, which is, you know, there's, there's no there's no growth in comfort and there's no comfort in growth. And when you're really looking to build that psychological safety, it is about developing the muscles that you haven't already got so for example if you're not assertive it may be that you need to grow that muscle of assertiveness to be able to speak up and challenge equally if you are somebody that tends to be quite sensitive to negative feedback then actually there's something about growing the muscle of self-inquiry and introspection going actually what can I take from this because it's a two-way process and I think that muscle um, you know in terms of that test and learn as well is also about recognizing that you know people do co-create it which I think builds me on to um, 
you know, recognizing that when people lean into this is that we do have to accept that it is co-created and that, you know, when you're working with a group that everyone's got the power to change it because they created it. Yeah. And I know that you're very good at asking the question with groups, which is, well, how do you contribute to this? Which actually stops people in their tracks very often because they are part of that group. And if it's a great, you know, wonderfully whirring, super performing group, then they're part of that. But equally, if it's a group where people aren't feeling as safe as they need to, then they are part of that too. So I think that that great question, how do you contribute or how do I contribute, is something that is a real uh, tip, actually, for people to take away from, from this today. But the final thing I want to get from you for those listening is maybe a gift to those listening based on the lessons that we've learned and that you specifically have learned over the years in this area perhaps three things that you could share that would help others if they're within the journey of building and being more conscious around psychological safety. Yeah, and I think I think the first one would link to what we just talked about, which is recognising. Uh, I think, you know, evolutionary science shows us that we are more aware of the behaviours of others than we are of our own. And that historically comes back to the fact that when we're born, we are so reliant upon our, our mums and our family for survival. And so we are more conscious of the behaviours of others and therefore we often don't see how we contribute to that. So I think the first thing that, you know, in terms of lessons learned is that, you know, the dynamics that are in the room are the dynamics that are created by the group of people that are in that room. They all co-create it and therefore they have the opportunity to change it. But I think for working with teams, the one thing I would um, really kind of put out there is that, you know, we don't create that, they create that. Um, and so, you know, therefore the power to change it sits within them. I think the second thing is that when we talk about dynamics is the concept of the system. And I think people have to look at the system in which they're operating. And all teams are mini systems. They are mini systems. And within that, you will have history and legacy. And often, no matter how sometimes how much the team members might change, sometimes the culture and the behavior of those teams doesn't change. And so one of the things that you've got to ask yourself is, is how we're behaving what we've created or is it something that we're still upholding that is historical and a legacy of how we've worked historically and so really understanding what that system and what the climate is that's been created is a real lesson so I would get people to urge and look at is how we're behaving is it how we intended or is it something that we're carrying that no longer belongs to us that we need to let go of what a great point because so many of us join a team and therefore we comply to the norms of that team that have been there before we join and actually wouldn't it be great if each time someone joins we give them that responsibility to be what I always call the 10th person that kind of calls out for a while why why do we do it this way or is there a better way just to make sure that you do exactly what you've just talked about there so tell us about the third lesson so the third lesson I would say is what's the cost of not doing it what is the cost to you as a team of not leaning into psychological safety? Because what I've learned is that teams that don't lean in, teams that don't get comfortable with being uncomfortable and leaning into this, then what happens is they just end up shadow boxing the dynamics that are there, which ultimately over time erodes the performance, but equally erodes the, the well-being of the individuals within that. And coming back to what you said earlier, you know, if we are performing and we're feeling threatened or anxious, we 
know that we can't do our best thinking because our neurons, you know, they're on high alert and they can't make the connections that they need. And so the cost of not leaning into and understanding how psychologically safe your team feel and the cost of not trying to build that psychologically safe environment through the relationships and through growing those muscles actually can have a huge impact on teams. So I'd say the cost of not doing it is far greater uh, than the benefits that you can get and the growth that you can get from leaning into it. And the growth of leaning into it coming to right back to why do we care being if you want to innovate, if you want to win against your competitive forces, if you want to come up with the new ideas that your customers and clients and communities are going to love and and engage with, then can you afford not to do it? And by the sound of it, no, we can't. And I know that you go and you measure levels of psychological safety in teams and work with them to define what it means for them and help them to really grow. And so Perhaps we can get another episode at some point and look at some of the examples of how we're continuing to do that and some of the successes along the way. But for now, Janine, thank you so much for unlocking a little bit around psychological safety for those listening. And we hope to see you again soon. Lovely. Thanks, Jane. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www culturebuilders.com